Welcome. Uh, we're really glad to see you guys. If you're wondering where you are, you're in the Discovering New Community Church class. So I'll, I'll give those of you that go, oh, I thought this was Mark Drinker teaching on Old Testament. You may leave now. <laughs> Nobody. Okay, you're in the right place because we have somebody wander in and say that. All right, let me open with a word of prayer, and then we've got lots of ground to cover. Uh, so let's get started. Lord, we are grateful um, <clears throat> for your manifestation of your kingdom on this earth, and that is the church. We are grateful. And this is just one small piece of it here uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, um, but it is a wonderful family, and uh, I personally am so grateful for what you've done here at this church. And Lord, as these people think about whether or not they want to make this their home, please help them think clearly. And, and uh, Lord, we trust your sovereign guidance, uh, however you see fit, for each one of these folks in here. And we love you. We thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. We'll uh, forever praise you for that, uh, knowing that we're forgiven. Sweetest word in the English language, we're forgiven and we're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, got your name tags. Um, I don't know how much they'll help me because uh, past this row, I can't see much unless I put my glasses on. So you'll. So what I'd like to do is begin by, and this has got to be brief because we have so much time, uh, stuff to cover, is start with you and we'll go, we'll go this way and then come back this way. And all I want to do is have you tell us your name, um, where you live, and how long you've been here, uh, and then maybe what brought you here, you know, whether it was a, uh, a friend or you just heard or whatever. So, that, so those four things, if you can do that relatively quickly, uh, under like 30 seconds. So you're on the clock. Name Go. Becky Roberts. Yeah. Um, we've been here probably six or six, seven years or more. I don't know. We've been here quite a while. Right. Uh, you haven't been here the longest for people that have come no. to this class. We've had yeah. people in here 12 years that are finally coming. We're, we're getting close. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I had all four of those in a row. My friend brought me here. Yeah. And um, what was the other one? Uh, oh, where Wildwood. are you from here? From Wildwood. Yeah. Nice. Um, um, so yeah, we've. Yeah, Becky and Jeff. Yes. Jeff. Okay. Yes. All right, and so ditto, 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 ditto. Yeah. Okay. All the same. All right, you guys, are fantastic okay. again. Okay. Uh, Joyce Christman and my husband Steve, we've been coming here about a year and a half. Um, Becky and Jeff brought us oh. here, and um, we just live right across the street, right across Manchester. Oh, very close. how I envy you! <laughs> We've been driving 35 minutes for 33 years. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, that's awesome. I thank you. Uh, Mark Tester, I lived in Crestwood, um, came here, used to hear Jerry Marshall on the radio, and I was looking for, to change churches, and pastor, a former pastor of mine was a classmate of Pastor Gregory at Masters, Oh, so he recommended this, this is over a year ago, this has been in the process, um, what was the other question? Where are you, where are you from, where do you live? Uh, Crestwood, you said Crestwood? I think you And I was coming here in November for the uh, theology triage class that Jeremiah taught. Oh, awesome. Are you familiar <coughs> with Forge? No, I haven't. We'll talk about yeah. that. We'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, Marilyn Hattie and my husband Lawrence, uh, we live in Wildwood. We've come, been coming about eight months. And, um, what was the other question? Uh, oh, no, we, okay. We found about the church yeah. uh, on, uh, when you had your memorial day picnic. 
<clears throat> we drove by. We were looking for a church. We had never visited a Baptist church many, many, many times living in Wildwood. Never noticed it. The picnic made us check it out, and people came. Oh, awesome. So you saw the baptisms? Did we have baptisms at that picnic or no? No. Uh, we one. didn't go to the picnic. We simply drove by and oh, saw it. Oh, it was enough. You should come. Because <laughs> it's even better being there. You can go down the slide. I did with my grandkids. <laughs> yeah, the water slide. Oh, oh yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. All right. Tina, Christian. I'm Tina. It's my husband, Christian. Uh, we live in Creekport area. Uh, I've been coming about two years, taking a year and a half. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you live in Creekport. Yeah. Where, where in Creekport? Like uh, Long Olive or? Yeah, Olive and Ross. Olive and what? Ross. Ross. Ross Elementary. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Marshalls and a Beerberg area. Yeah. And how did you hear? Uh, the justices. Yeah. Justice Chuck Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just recently got baptized. Yeah, that's awesome. And Christian's diddle 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 diddle. Have anything to add, or are you good? Yeah. All right. I've tried desperately to have him swap cars with me, but he won't do it. <laughs> uh, maybe after this class, you'll think about it. But anyway, has a beautiful Corvette. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've got a 2000 Toyota Corolla, and for some reason, he's not biting. Uh, okay, we'll come up here. Uh, I'm Kenneth Heflin. I've been coming here about three months. I'm in Toronto. Uh, I live in O'Fallon, and I heard about this church from G3 Ministries. Oh, awesome. Uh, Josh, um, what, what's the guy that runs G3? Uh, Josh Bice. Josh Bice, yeah. We were in Madagascar. I, I tagged along with Rich, who spoke at a conference there. Never had flown across the ocean until then. And I got sick <laughs> as a dog, but anyway, <laughs> we flew across there, and, and Josh Bice was one of the uh, speakers. So I got to know him a little bit. What a... What a peach of a guy, you know, just really enjoyed him. Okay, Anna. I'm Anna. Yeah. Um, I'm actually from Ukraine. I came last February, and Ethan Killer's mom, she invited me in America. I live with this family, so they invited me in this church. Oh, that's awesome. So, well, we have quite the um, posse of Slavic folks from the Slavic area, right? Yeah, yeah I know some people. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing you know a lot of the people here. Uh, Ivan Chucks and Roman and his wife, you know them? Okay, yeah, yeah. I figured, yeah. That's awesome. Um, thank you for being here. Yes. I am Tamara Smith. Um, we have been coming for a, about a year and a half, my husband Reuben, and we live in Glen Carbon, Illinois. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and so we have like a, a good 50-minute drive. It's solid, but it's, it's good. And I, um, the way that we heard about it is that I, too, used to listen to Jerry Marshall on the radio, and I thought if I ever have the opportunity to come to wherever he's preaching, and, and I would go. And so then we were very, um, during COVID, we said, this is, this is not Jerry. But <laughs> 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 well, we're very yeah. pleasantly surprised with Rich, and um, just think it's a great opportunity to be here. So yeah, so glad to have you, Ruben. Ditto, 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 ditto. ditto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I think you're uh, anybody farther than 50 minutes. 
All right, does anybody whine about the distance? <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm gonna send you to these guys. No whiners in this room. I'm Carla Dubert. I moved up here about 10 years ago when I remarried and uh, tried uh, several churches in the area and liked the preaching and the teaching of this church. Um, I had some health issues and didn't attend for a while. My husband developed pancreatic cancer, mm -hmm. passed away about three years ago, mm -hmm. and I've been coming here regularly ever since. Have you been through the grief share already, or no? No, I... Heard about it? I heard about it. I had lost another husband to uh, cancer okay. also. Mm -hmm. oh. And so, you know, it's kind of like I've done it, I was right. okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've just heard so many good things about Grief Share. It's held right here. They have it two or three times a year. It's like a 12-week uh, thing when they show up a movie and then you're, you're with people who get it. They understand the pain, uh, the loss um, of someone. So, yeah, well, so glad you're here. My wife's an oncology nurse. You'll hear about that in just a minute. Uh, she's been retired for a year, but, yeah. I'm Dorothy Weiss. This is my husband, Steve. Um, we live in Wildwood and got married about four years ago and that I was living in the city so we were going to a church there you know kind of closer to there and we decided to find somewhere in Wildwood or close to Wildwood and he was looking online for a church and saw Pastor Jeremiah was from Montana which is his favorite yeah. place to go <laughs> so that's kind of how we came that's here so and then just Pastor Rich's teachings are just so good what a blessing right when, when we were in the process of transitioning to another pastor, um, we had a plan in place. The pastor that we had uh, lined up to come, uh, it didn't work out for various reasons, and then we were without a pastor. Um, and we went to visit Master's uh, Seminary when they had the Shepherds Conference, sat across the desk from Rich, um, and got to meet him. And I'm looking at the other guys, they're looking at me, and I'm going, can we get this guy? Is there any way we could get this guy? Uh, and the Lord was kind and brought him here. Rich is a young man. He's 37 years old. Uh, leadership skills off the chart. Uh, I've never seen anybody with such leadership skills as a guy like him, plus uh, an outstanding preacher. Takes when care did he come here exactly? When? Yeah. Three years. Three, Three years. years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's been here three years, and he has been an absolute blessing. When we when we vetted him, you know, we wanted to be sure uh, this guy wasn't just presenting well, but terrible on the, you know. And we vetted him, of course. We talked to people that he worked with and all that. The last guy, Bruce Scheidhauer, you're going to meet Bruce. He's one of the elders. You're going to meet Jerry. He'll be in here. Uh, we try to get uh, one of the leaders in every week. You'll meet me today, but... You'll meet some of the other guys. The only guy we can't bring in is Rich, obviously. Can't pull him off the pulpit, but unfortunately. Uh, by the way, um, now that I'm thinking of it, there is a newcomer dinner at the at the Gregory's home on the 28th, I believe. 26th, 28th, it's a Friday night. Mark your calendars. Uh, if you haven't been there, this is this will give you an opportunity. It's good food, and you'll have plenty of time with Rich and Michelle, plus some of the other leaders. Uh, in, in you know, at that time, it's much more relaxed, much more laid back. If you haven't been to one of those dinners, you need to sign up for it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, it's one of our favorite things to do. Unfortunately, we have small group on Fridays, and we can't make it very often. But this one, we can, right? Yeah, we talked about that. 
So we're very excited. We'll be there. And uh, all right. Well, thank you. That's awesome. Um, a number of you have said something about Jerry meeting uh, Jerry online. That was a big decision to pull him off the radio um, because he's so good. Uh, but we were finding more people coming by word of mouth, and the cost became prohibitive. But yes, uh, Lillian. Wait, uh, hold it. Wait. Ditto, ditto, ditto. Ditto, ditto. Okay. Ditto. <laughs> I'm Lillian Holden, and this is my son Alex. Um, this is our first time here. Okay, first time, oh, yes. and you're here. Yes, yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, we uh, the the record, by the way, of people that have attended but have not come to the class. Would that be Rex? Thirty years. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, Rex. It's time. Uh, yeah. So welcome, Lily, and I'm my hats off to you. First week, and you're here. Zach, nice to meet you. We'll get you plugged in, um, and you will meet Drew. He'll be coming too. He's one of the guys. We have a six-week period, right? So you'll meet six different leaders each week um, at the beginning, and then we'll do some teaching. Finally. I'm Barb Dickert. Um, I've been coming for about nine months. What brought me to the church is my daughter's friend's father's an elder here, and she's a member, and they live in the city, and they brought me here through the women's Bible study, which I highly recommend if you can do it. And so I've been coming since then, and I live in Eureka. Which one, which one of the elders? Um, I don't know. Her name's Jamie. Jane, yeah, Jamie. Schoen. That's her dad. That's okay, her so you're her dad. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Jamie and my daughter Mary are good friends. Is that right? What's Mary's last name? Fitzgerald. Yeah, she came to one of the events that we had. Yes. Friendship. Yeah. Event. Oh, well, oh what a nice connection. <laughs> well, um, my daughter actually <clears throat> started coming because right. she met Rich and Michelle during COVID. Their church was kind of shut down and remained shut down, and COVID, you know, as we talked about, just changed a lot of stuff. Our church opened up. We weren't gonna. We thought it was more important to stay open than not and uh, take precautions, but try to do that. And so she and her husband began to say, you know, we need to be in church, sitting at home in our pajamas. Mm -mm, it's not working. The kids aren't listening. We need to be with the people of God. And they started coming, primarily because they loved Rich and Michelle who stayed with us when they were candidating. They stayed with Lynn and I, so COVID came, shut everything down. They couldn't candidate that whole week. We had them to ourselves for an entire week, and then we brought them over to re meet Rich, and I mean to meet um, uh, Scott and Janie, and uh, that, there was a huge connection there. So, well, welcome. That's What a fun connection. All right, I love when my grandkids come up to us. We have five, soon to be six, Janie's pregnant. Um, five grandkids currently here every week, and to have them come, Bubby, she's Bubby. Bubby is Yiddish for grandma, in case you're wondering. She didn't want to be called grandma. Uh, she was 50 years old when we had our first kid. She goes, That's, I'm not too young to be a grandma. Is there something else? And a friend of ours, a Jewish friend of ours, said, how about Bubby? We went with it. And she's got monogrammed, you know, uh, bath robes, Bubby. And they all, okay, we, Bubby and Papa's house on our welcome mat. And uh, so it's so fun to have them come to us. Because we didn't have that for many years. All right. Well, thank you guys, all of you. It's so good to have you here. Um, we really do appreciate that you're here. Just uh, qu quickly, what, what this class will entail will be six weeks. Um, we ask that you come to a minimum of four uh, please try to make six if you can, uh, but a minimum of four, uh, otherwise you'll have to make it up. Um, so uh, we understand that there are schedules that conflict. In fact, in two weeks, Lynn and I will not be here. 
Bruce will be taking the class because we planned a vacation a long time ago, not knowing that the class would be this time. I try to really work around that. So Bruce Scheidhauer will be here in class three. So we understand, you know, there's things that come in. So uh, we require four and, um, and we, we want you to be here. We want you to learn as much as you can about the church to make an informed decision. Should this be my church or not? And some people decide, not many, but some do decide, no, this isn't for me. And that's absolutely fine. We're not here to pressure anybody to be a member of New Community Church. We just, I'll talk about this in a minute, but we just think it's important that those of you who are committed to the church become members. So we as leaders know who we're accountable to God for. Who will we stand before God in judgment of and who will be our uh, under us? And we live, believe that to be church membership uh, is really helpful there. Okay, so six weeks. You've got your booklet. Did all of you get your booklet? Lynn, could you grab a booklet for some that don't have it? Anybody does not have a booklet? Just raise your hand and Lynn will bring one to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in, this booklet will be helpful. Um, a lot of what I'm telling you is in the book. Some of what's not in the book, I will tell you. Uh, but most of what you need is there. Um, and in the booklet, you'll see there's the classes, how the way they're divided. And, um, and so I'll, I won't bore you with uh, what, what's to come, but you'll see that uh, in your booklet. Then at the end of that process, that six-week process, uh, by the way, if you, if you want to have your picture in the directory, and folks, I can't tell you as a leader of the church how much that helps, <laughs> how many times I've had to look up people in directory and, and no face, I'm like, oh. I need a face, you know, I need a face. So we're, uh, if you don't have your picture in the directory, but you have the app, how many of you do not have the church app? You have no idea what I'm talking about. How many of you? All of you have the church app? Awesome. Then it, how many of you don't have a picture? You don't have to tell me that. You may have your reasons. Maybe, maybe you're uh, an FBI agent undercover. I don't know. So, um, but if you don't have a picture, we're going to have a guy here the fifth and sixth Sundays uh, to take your picture. It'll be right against that wall, nothing, just so you can put it in the directory and we can go, oh, yeah, that's who that is. Uh, and I need all the help I can get. I've already told you I have a bad memory. Stevens had to help me. Uh, I was in the lobby one time talking to a gal, and she goes, after we had this conversation, she goes, uh, do you know who I am? I thought you were so-and-so, but obviously I'm wrong. So it's, that, it, as a leader, it's extremely embarrassing to think that I know someone and their face, and I don't. <laughs> the face in the directory really helps folks like me who are losing it. So please help me. Um, okay, I wanted one other thing I want to bring to your attention before I give you a little bit of my testimony. Um, uh, did you all get, did we run out of, uh, did you all get one of these? No? Okay. I think we ran out. Okay, well, I've got a bunch in my pocket right now. One, two, anybody else? Okay, there's three more. Oh, definitely don't want the Spanish version. Do you speak Spanish? No. All right. I carry the Spanish ones because, as you'll find out over the next six weeks, I am a um, McDonald's aficionado. 
And uh, I, uh, McDonald's is my office. It's the joke of the elder board. Are you in your office? Yes, I am. And it's one, it's a McDonald's somewhere. Uh, breakfast only. I'm not a big fan of the rest, but. Um, so a lot of folks in McDonald's are Spanish. A lot of those people are from Mexico or whatever, and I carry my little Spanish, and they're really shocked when I pull one out. And they go, oh, my native language. Yes, I'm trying to accommodate. So this, I want, all right, if you'll open it up, and I just want to run through it really quickly. And the reason I'm doing this, because I have found on occasion, um, when we get to the membership um, interviews, which is at the end of this process, you will be interviewed by an elder. Uh, it's not scary. We're all pretty nice. Um, but uh, one of the criteria to, uh, to become a member is that you understand and hopefully believe. I can't see your hearts, right? I, I have no idea who in this room truly has received Christ and has bowed their knee to them. I don't know. God knows. But we do the best we can to try to determine if that's true. Well, one of the ways is if you can articulate the gospel and you say that, yes, I have trusted Christ and I have bowed my knee to him. So this is my favorite gospel track. Um, it's prominently displayed. We have a gospel track rack right out here, and uh, right beyond the bathrooms. And I highly recommend you carry him. Um, if you love Christ and you want to share him with others, this is the way to do it. It's an easy way to do it. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, put the tip in there and hand it to the person. We have uh, had wonderful conversations with uh, waiters or waitresses uh, when we say, I'm here, I'd like for you to read this, and is there any way we can pray for you? And man, the tears start streaming, and yeah, my son, he's, uh, you know, they just open up. It's just wonderful. So I want you to have that blessing too. If you, you can grab those, they're free. Just grab them, put as many. We'll replenish the thing if it runs out. So open it up, and the first, um, there's four categories, God, mankind, Jesus Christ, and then our response. So it begins with God, uh, who is he, and what is your responsibility to him? Well, he's your creator. Uh, we strongly believe in creation, not evolution. I think evolution has been uh, a, um, a tactic of the devil to pull people away from the truth of uh, what God has done, and it robs God of his glory, absolutely robs him. Um, Romans 1 uh, it says that those who don't believe in a creator, they are without excuse because the design is all around them. They're, it's screaming at them, um, screaming at you that this didn't happen by chance. Um, I could go on and on. I got a book at home called Have You Considered? It's all from a creationist standpoint, 365 entries once a day. And great for grandkids, but great for you too. Have You Considered? Today was on the bumblebee. I'm going to tell you what that said. The bumblebee has a mmm, a buzz. Honeybees do not. Oh, no other bees do. Mmm, the bumblebee. And there mm, is that exactly the tone of C. C. And why is that important? Because it opens up one of the flowers that won't open up otherwise. Uh, and, and, there, and the lady who, who studied this, this bumblebee took a tuning fork. To prove her point, she went to that flower, uh, did the tuning fork to C, put it up to the flower, and the pollen started flowing. Well, that's exactly what the bumblebee does. Do you think that happened by chance? 
Seriously? No. So much so that even if you never hear the gospel, Paul says in Romans 1, you are without excuse because creation screams a designer. So that's step one. God is your creator. You will stand before him one day. You will stand before him. Just you. No one else. And you will be accountable to him. The question is, what are you going to do? Because he's holy and you are not. That's step two, mankind. We have a problem. It's called sin. Um, how many of you have not sinned in the last three weeks? <laughs> when I was at my office the other day, which is where? McDonald's. Thank you. You're listening. I was at my office the other day. I had a conversation with a man who told me, yeah, I'm really working hard. I don't think I've sinned in the last three weeks. And I looked at my wife. Okay, we have some work here. Um, no, you sin every day by thought, by word, by deed. Um, you are guilty. You are guilty, guilty, guilty. Um, and you will stand before a very holy God, guilty. Uh, and what are you going to do with that? Uh, you've got to do something with that. And people, to alleviate their guilt, do all sorts of things, don't they? Drink. There's my father. He's an alcoholic. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, shopping. Um, promiscuity, run from person to person, whatever they can do to fill that hole or to cover that guilt. I, I've been convinced for a long time that those who are involved in um, climate change, and I'm not, I don't want to get political, I've just observed this, um, some of the folks that are really involved with that, I mean, my goodness, how, would, how does that alleviate your guilt when you're saving the planet? What a wonderful way to alleviate guilt. I'm saving the planet rather than dealing with your own personal guilt. So we got a problem. Every one of us in this room has a serious problem. We're sinners by thought, by word, by deed. What do we do with that? Well, that's where Jesus comes in. That's why God sent, his, the Father sent his son. He came here, and listen carefully, to die in your place. You deserve to die the death he died. He's the only innocent one that ever came to this planet. He was born a virgin so that he wouldn't be tainted by sin that's passed on um, through genetic material. We have a sin implant. We find it out. If you have any grandkids or kids, you don't have to teach them how to be selfish, right? Mine. That's one of the first words they learn. Mine. They're very selfish. Uh, but that's, you have to work that out of them. And why is it in them? Sin. The sin principle. And then it manifests itself over time, and you see it. You know, if you don't deal with it at a young age, uh, society eventually will, and that's called a prison. So you've got to deal with sin. Um, so what do you do? You, here's Christ. Here's why he came. He came to be your substitute, the perfect substitute. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. You see why that robs God of his glory if you don't believe that? Jesus Christ was the, the primary agent in the Trinity of creation. So the Savior is the creator. And then in verse 14, it says, uh, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus came for that purpose. He came to die. Uh, and so the death on the cross was the payment. He took the wrath of God so that you wouldn't have to. Um, very important. Substitution. He died in your place. 
I praise his holy name. I have a vivid picture in my mind. Someday somebody's going to paint it of me hiding behind the cross, fire flying out behind him, Jesus enduring the, the wrath of God through flame. And I'm just going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As the flame, the wrath of God is poured out on his son. So much so, so that Jesus cried out. Remember what he cried out? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was enduring our sin at that time. And then one of the final things he said was tetelestai. Who can tell me what that means? It is finished. It is finished. It's a Greek accounting term, paid in full. It's what the accountants stamped bills that were paid. Paid in full. I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Uh, that's what Jesus did. So your response? Your response. Here's what you should do. In response to what he did for you, believe him, trust him, uh, put your faith in him, and bow to him. And by that I mean turn from your rebellion. And rebellion can be manifest in many ways, right? It, it can be manifest by ignoring him, just ignoring him. I got, I don't need him. Or it can be manifest, manifest by a middle, a middle finger to heaven. I don't want you, God. I don't need you. If you're there, I don't care. You turn from that and you turn to him. And that usually means you're dealing with your sin in a much more um, real way. Uh, for me, um, I was sleeping with my girlfriend when I became a Christian. And I thought, and I don't know if anybody told me, I, just, I had memorized the Ten Commandments. But I just knew that was wrong. I, I, that was wrong. I couldn't do that anymore. And I turned from it. That was an evident sign, an evident sign that God had begun to work in my life. And uh, so your, your response is faith in Christ for what he's done on your behalf, his substitutionary death, and then, of course, his subsequent re resurrection, proving he was still alive, he still lives. I was singing yesterday, Bill Gaither. Am I dating myself? Bill Gaither. Anybody know who Bill Gaither is? Please, thank you. <laughs> Bless you. I'll buy you a, an egg McMuffin. Uh, Bill Gaither, uh, because he lives. Remember that one? Yes. Yeah, that man, just so good. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Jesus lives. And, uh, and so he's asking you to trust him, bow your knee to him, and trust him and him alone. Not him plus your good works because they're filthy rags in his sight. Um, not him uh, or your baptism doesn't matter. Baptism follows uh, uh, trusting Christ. It's just a representation of what he's already done, death, burial, resurrection. Not that. Him and him alone. Christ and Christ alone. Nothing else. None of your puny efforts to get to heaven will get you there. Nothing. Just Christ. Um, just to illustrate that, and then I want to gosh, briefly tell you about my life. Um, the same guy that told me he hadn't sinned in three weeks, um, I was explaining, and that I used that as a springboard uh, up to the gospel again. I had given it to him a number of times, but this time I, I said, um, and I'm having a, well, um, I'm having a mental block. Coco, what's his last name? First name? Martin. Martin, that was his name too, Marty. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I said, Marty, let's, let's you and I just pretend like we're back at the cross and we're watching Jesus agonizingly take 
taking the punishment. He's got nails here, nails here, nails here, nails here. Thorn crowns on his head, blood dripping. He's crying out to God, and, and he's paying for our sin. And you say, hey, let me see. Can I help you out? I walked a lady across the street yesterday that, didn't, that needed help. Let me just throw that little piece of self-righteousness over the cross and give you a hand. I said, Marty, do you see what that does to the cross? Do you see what that's, you've just done with that comment? You have trivialized what he's doing there by saying, let me, let me give you a hand. And the, unfortunately, that's what a lot of people do. They attempt, she's trying to do, attempt to please God through their own efforts. And all he's looking for is, what have you done with my son? So, all that to say, if you understand that and believe that, then you've, you know, we won't have to delay the process of membership. And occasionally we have had to do that. It's been a blessing. I did it once with a lady who um, humbly said, yeah, I want, I want help. Met with her. She got gloriously saved, got baptized. She's serving in the church. So it's a, it's a good thing, right? It's not a bad thing. But we want to be sure you understand the gospel. All right, let me tell you a little bit about my, myself. Um, I was raised in a home with a dad who um, was actually very famous here in the St. Louis area. He was on t TV, um, did the news, the weather, back in the late 50s, early 60s. Most people didn't even have TVs. You know, there were three channels. So he was well-known. His name was Bruce Hayward. He was a well-known uh, news commentator and that kind of thing. And, uh, and yet, uh, emptied man. Um, and he covered his emptiness by drinking. And he was a functioning alcoholic. He could actually get on uh, TV and deliver a, a, a good newscast uh, in a drunken state. Um, so that was kind of my home. Um, I what I remember about my dad is he would come home and then sleep and, uh, you know, um, drool. I mean, that's, these are my vivid memories. Um, he did, uh, we did pull an intervention on him 10 years before he died. And he got... Uh, became alcohol free. I uh, had some other issues that we had to deal with later, but um, uh, he had 10 years where I got to know him and I purposed to get to know him. I met him on Father's Day and uh, my bir his birthday and <clears throat> sat across the table from him and just said, Dad, let's talk. I'm, you know, I'm getting to be a little older, you're older. I don't even know you. Uh, and I learned some things there that was, I'm no regrets. I'm so glad. Don't know if he came to Christ uh, when he uh, died. Um, Christmas Day, he had a stroke. Uh, the last thing I asked him was, Dad, you know what day it is? And he said, it's Jesus' birthday. And in a whisper, I said, okay, you can hear me. And then I got on my knees and I whispered in his ear, Dad, this is it. This is it. All the years that I have pled with you to come to Christ, you are now on the edge of eternity. Um, please. Give your life to Christ. I just whispered it over and over. He never spoke again. A week later, uh, he died. He gave us a medical directive that said, if I'm going to live and it's going to be bad and I'm going to be a vegetable, please let me go. <coughs> and the doctors all said, yeah, he had a lot of damage. But he heard me, and so I hope to see him. My mom, on the other hand, uh, kind of held the family together. She was the glue. And, um, and uh, so she was always the one that uh, kind of bolstered us when when dad wasn't available or around. Uh, she did come to Christ later in her life. Uh, I know I'll see her, and I'm really thankful about that. And I came to Christ at the age of, I don't know, 
14 or 15, my grandfather was the first one. We would go to a lake called Lake Lida uh, in Minnesota. We go there every year. Um, and anyway, um, so uh, my grandfather in his thick Norwegian accent, I'm half Norwegian, uh, he was a Lutheran pastor, um, loved the Bible, read the Bible all the time. We had some theology differences, but I love that man. And, uh, and he says to me one time, we're alone, he goes, Douglas? I said, yeah, Grandpa. What have you done with Jesus? <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You know? uh, so um, that was the first time I was really confronted. Um, then I, um, then I, was in, I went to Ladue High School. Um, my father made pretty good money back then. Until I was a junior or senior, he had gotten fired a number of times. We barely hung on to the home. Um, part of the uh, growing up was the embarrassment of driving a car that had a hole in the bottom of the seat in the back, and my friends were driving, you know, Jaguars. Um, I had a friend that right down, two doors down, drove a powder blue Jaguar XKE, and you know, I got this old beat up Plymouth with a big dent in the side. <laughs> I never drove it to, to school. Uh, but that was part of the embarrassment of growing up in that in that atmosphere. And then even going back for graduation, you know, what do you do? I'm a mailman. Uh, what do you do? I'm a doctor. Uh, what do you do? I'm a lawyer. You know, that kind of thing. But I, I became comfortable with it because I, I knew who I was in Christ and uh, and had an opportunity at my 50th just recently to share Christ with one of the guys there. So praise the Lord. Um, but anyway, on the way to a wrestling match, um, one of my now very good friends, his name was Tad, Tad Edwards, uh, we were on the way, and Tad had something changed. And I said, what happened? And he gave me the gospel. He said, Doug, I've come to Christ. So I said, okay, I don't know, not sure what that means. And um, Kind of gave me a gospel. I don't remember how he presented it, but I knew it impacted me because I love this guy. Uh, five years later, I was able to meet him again and tell him I've come to Christ. I gave my life to Christ. Tad Edwards is, anybody ever heard of Benjamin F. Edwards? He has a, a finance, or, or um, A.G. Edwards and Son, does that ring a bell? It was a big finance place here in St. Louis. That was his dad, um, and, and they sold that, and Tad started his own company. So, you know, we're on completely different uh, levels in terms of um, jobs, uh, but we became fast friends because of our common bond in Christ. Um, and so he was the first one, and then I worked at Barnes Hospital, um, uh, that's a long story I won't get into. And it was a Jewish believer uh, who I worked with, and he was the one that started telling me about Jesus. Now, most of my friends from Ladue High School were Jewish. And I'm like, well, the one thing I know about Jews is this. They don't believe in Jesus. That's what identifies them. That's it. So you're telling me you believe. I don't get that. So he, he spent weeks, months talking to me about the Old Testament, the prophecies from the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. He could quote the whole chapter. Um, yeah, just an interesting guy, um, and the Lord can use anybody. He's, he had mental issues. He was a schizophrenic, but he led three guys to Christ, all of whom are currently serving the Lord. So it's not the, not the man, it's not the messenger, it's the gospel. It's the power of the gospel, as Paul says in Romans 1.16. And so I became a Christian. I accepted Christ, and my life trajectory changed. I, was, I lost interest in going to a secular school. I wanted to learn the Bible. I applied to Moody. They turned me down. I hadn't been a Christian long enough. I found out later you have to be a Christian for at least a year because they pay your entire tuition. So I became a mailman. <laughs> I became a mailman. And uh, at that time, I was uh, married. Um, the girl I married 
my, it was my first wife. Um, uh, I thought she was a Christian. I really did. Um, and we had five kids together. And at, at the end of about 10 or 11 years, things really started going south. And I just was flailing. What is happening? Well, there was another guy involved, right? And, uh, and so she left. Um, and uh, uh, we had a joint custody with no guidelines. Only, time, only I've never heard of that for anybody that's been divorced. There was no, um, uh, we shared physical custody, we shared legal custody, we shared every part of it uh, with no guidelines. The judge was okay with that because we asked for it. And, uh, and so it was, they were, she was five minutes from me, they were back and forth a lot. So five kids, and Janie, whom you know is my youngest, I had four boys and then Janie. I can't imagine what my life would have been without Janie. I'm so glad she was born because she's a light bulb if you get to meet her. And, uh, and, you know, the concern was, what's going to happen with my kids? You know, they see this, and it's like, oh, they could, they could turn away from Christ. And uh, then um, all that, um, then I met Lynn. And that was five years, I think, four or five years. I met, met her early because she was in a small group with me. Um, uh, yeah. I'm gonna let, I want to let her tell that. Do you think we have time for that? Yeah. I really want her to, to say her part. But, um, yeah, so um, I, Lynn, uh, I met Lynn in a divorce recovery ministry called Fresh Start. I was the, her small group leader, and she was there with a scowl on her face. She hated men because her husband, too, had left her for somebody else, and she was like, don't even talk to me. You, man, you. <laughs> Stop me when I'm lying. <laughs> so um, we didn't date then. I was actually dating someone else very foolishly. I shouldn't have been. Um, it's too early. I had only been divorced a year and a half. And I, I now counsel people to wait. Um, you got a lot of things to work through. So, um, so anyway, a couple years later, we started dating. And... Uh, if you want to hear the whole story, take us out to McDonald's for an egg McMuffin. There you go. Get a plug in there. Uh, because uh, it's a great story, and Lynn will uh, fill it with slander and lies, but it's okay. I'm used to it. Um, and, uh, and I broke up with her three times. Uh, the last time, by letter, on Christmas Day. Go ahead. Thank you. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. It's all right. Yeah, stop your laughing. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so, yeah, it was bad. And um, but but um, God worked in my heart, and I picked up the phone one last time and said, "Would you want to?" I thought she was slamming the phone down. Want to go out see a movie, maybe with me? And she said, "Okay." And uh, we got engaged. Uh, I was now I had turned. I had turned a corner. Uh, I we got engaged, and um, I wasn't going to live by my fear. That's what I mean by turning a corner because I was afraid of taking her three kids on. She was not afraid of my five. Yeah. She, and I thought, hey, when I turned the corner, I looked at myself in the mirror and said, you idiot, how many girls out there do you think are going to take on five kids? Who do you think's out there, Doug? And she's standing in the wings, willing to take them on. What are you thinking? And I picked up my phone and called her. She could tell something changed. 
we'll tell you that story over an egg McMuffin, but she knew something changed. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, Lynn and I combined a family of eight. We currently have eight. I started coming here as a single dad the second week it started. So I heard, I heard about Jerry Marshall. Some of you have talked about him. You'll meet him, by the way. Uh, Jerry became one of my best friends. And uh, so I started coming on week two. So I've been here since the second week of its inception and um, never regretted it. My kids have benefited being here. Um, I was so worried about them, but the church rallied around my kids. Um, four of the five are believers. I'm working on that other one. Um, and uh, um, my son is a pastor down in, in um, Austin, Texas. My youngest, uh, which is a whole other story, and I'm going to leave that for another time. But Lynn, can you come and just briefly tell? Yeah, um, I want I want Lee and Lynn to tell her story, and this is the reason. Let me give her just some lead up. The reason I want her to tell the story is because she did not want to be here. Not today. She didn't want to come to this church. She had no desire to come here. She came from a church that loved her. Uh, some of anybody here from Twin Oaks. All right, Twin Oaks is a Presbyterian church. Rodney Stortz, dynamic pastor. He actually, he and Jerry married us. Uh, they did it together. And uh, she was deeply loved there, and I was asking her to come here, not without consulting leaders in both churches, so I didn't just drag her. By the way, I forgot this. I'm going to pass this around. This is a, yeah, it's an attendance sheet. We, this is the only way we know if you've been here four out of six. Please don't lie <laughs> and say check, check mark if you weren't here. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. Bad way to start being a member, lying. So, uh, you know, we just frown on it. I don't know. Call us weird. But um, so, so uh, if your name, if you didn't sign up, just write your name in, please, and then check mark. We've got uh, each week just check mark. We, that's how we keep track. So sorry about that. So anyway, um, Lynn did not want to be here. Take it. Okay. Um, the attendance sheet, if it'll just pass it back and pass it up, I'll come get it from you. Okay. And then I will update it next week. All right. Yeah. So Doug is correct. Um, I did meet him at a divorce recovery <laughs> seminar that our attorney, which we had the same attorney but didn't really know, uh, recommended that I go. And I was at a church where um, when my husband left, I had a six-week-old, a 15-month-old, and a three-year-old, and he had had an affair and wanted to be out of the marriage. So that church was very, very important to me because my parents were out of town, and so I was loved and nurtured by them. Um, when I met Doug, um, we had to make a decision about what to do um, for church because I was deeply in love with my church, and he was deeply in love with his. And so doing the right thing, I said, oh, sure, I'll, you know, I'll go to your church. <clears throat> when my leadership said, no, you need to go to church with him to his church, I was shocked and very angry. And so I did come here, but I came here like this. My church didn't want to come. Um, I would be here. I had a very bad attitude. I would come into church. I would leave. Um, I would sit in the car and wait for him to come out. I worked in the nursery as often as I could because I didn't really want to be with anybody. And so I always know people who work in the nursery as a place to hide because it's a good place to hide. 
Um, but after doing that for a too long period of time, I mean years, I did that. Um, I did come to Doug one day and just said, I am going to come and serve with you. I need to do that. The Lord had convicted me that that's what I needed to do. So I tell you that story quickly in that I know it's not easy to leave a church and come to a new place. It is not easy to leave a culture of people that you know and love and come to a new place. And so I just want you to know that I have been there and I didn't handle it correctly in being married to him. I mean, I should have submitted to him and just come, but I didn't. And so I just want to say, you know, this is a great church. I'm happy I'm here. I love serving with him. I love serving. I'm actually in the nursery today, but I'm not hiding. <laughs> so you will see me leave a little early because I do have to go. Um, but that is my story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, there's much more to that. Yeah, um, I'll be fast. Yeah, there's, there's much more to that story. When she came and told me she wanted to serve with me, it, it had been a huge buildup. And I remember it like it was yesterday. She came into the kitchen. I was sitting at the kitchen table, and she said, I want to come to college and career with you. I've been serving in there for 10 years, and I want to serve with you. I want to come with you this Wednesday. Well, I knew that meant something. She turned a corner, and uh, I sobbed like a baby. I mean, I've only sobbed three times in my life, and that was one of them. I just sobbed like a baby because I knew God had done something great, and uh, I was just thrilled. So... Um, yeah, that's our story. Um, let me get into the class. I'll try to be brief. <laughs> I won't be, but I'll try to be brief. Try to get you out of here by 10.15, maybe 10.20. Um, so uh, this is class number one. What is a church? We want to talk about that. What does it mean to be in a church? Uh, I know you guys wouldn't be here if you weren't thinking about making New Community Church your home. We appreciate that. Um, I do want this to be somewhat interactive, although time keeps that from happening on a, on a deep level um, but if you have questions and we can't answer them during the class you can come to me after the class okay so uh, why do we push church membership well I mentioned it earlier the main reason uh, is who are we accountable to God for and the verse that we bring up uh, often that I like to tell you is Hebrews 13 17 and it says this obey your leaders submit to them they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account that's, that's one of the most frightening verses in the Bible for leaders of a church. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So the only way we can really know who we're accountable to God for is membership. We have people coming and going all the time, tenders. You know how that is. Some of you maybe, you've been church hoppers in the past. You've gone to this church, you've gone to that church. And so we don't know them. They're not accountable to anybody here. Um, now, some have been attenders for many years. Uh, we do the best we can to minister to them, just like we would to a member. But many people just come and go. Um, it's not biblical for them to have that attitude. I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, for instance, uh, well, that, let me tell you what a church is not. Let me start there. A church is not. It's not a location, a building. It's not a club. It's not a service provider. It's, it's not a voluntary organization where membership is optional. It's not merely a group of people who share an interest in religious things and therefore casually gather weekly to talk about those religious interests, and nor is the church a place where the customer has most of the authority and you come in with an attitude of, what are you going to do for me now? That's not church. 
Um, Christians might think church membership is optional, is optional, but that it's not that important. But for the Christian, hear me, for the Christian, for the Christian, church is not optional. It's not optional, um, not according to God's word. And that unfortunate attitude is reflected in many Christians' church hopping. That's eh, no big deal. Uh, or sitting at home, um, eating breakfast, watching live stream. Live stream is wonderful. I talked to a lady who was home. Uh, her husband died, um, and then her, then her son died. Uh, she's, she's really struggling. And she said, and I'm working through my morning. I've been through grief share. But the live stream has been wonderfully helpful for me. So I don't want to downplay that. It's a, we just started it during COVID. We never had live stream. We didn't have it because we didn't want people sitting at their home sipping coffee in their pajamas because that's not church. But we realized there is a need for it. There is a need for it. And so um, I don't want to underplay that. But people that do that, church hop or just sit at home, they develop no roots in relationship. No roots. That's not what God intended. There's no real accountability. Um, all of that, unbiblical thinking. So what is a church? Well, I'll talk about the universal church. Uh, universal church is simply the church worldwide throughout history. Every one of you who came to Christ, whenever that happened in your life, for me it was around the age of 20, 21, I don't exactly remember. I just remember saying, I believe this. I do believe this. I don't remember when that happened. And it's okay not to have a date. Um, the Bible doesn't say you'll know them by their date. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. <laughs> so all I knew is my life had changed and I really did believe this. Um, so um, the universal church, you all have become a member of the universal church when that happened. The local church is different. We're a local manifestation of God's kingdom on this planet, New Community Church. We're one of thousands throughout the world. Thousands, tens of thousands throughout the world. Um, so Obviously, the local church is important because Jesus said, I will build my church. And also in, in uh, Matthew 18, which we'll cover a little bit more extensively when we talk about fighting sin in your own life, maintaining the reputation of Christ, um, church discipline. Uh, Matthew 18, Jesus said, bring it to the church. When there's a church discipline issue, bring it to the church. Well, he can't mean the church universal, right? He can't. He means the local church. So uh, obviously, Jesus' intention and uh, is be a part of a local assembly where there's account accountability. Um, our mission statement says this, New Community Church exists to bring glory to God, to make disciples, to share God's love with our community. Um, last year we hired a discipleship pastor, and that's uh, Alex Mastronago. Have, have any of you not met him? Do you, do you not know who Alex is? Oh, yeah, well, that would make sense. First week, how would you know? <laughs> I'm the only guy you know. <laughs> I hope you don't leave as a result of that. <laughs> uh, so Alex, uh, we hired him uh, about a year and a half ago. He hit the ground running. He's done a fabulous job of connecting people, putting you into small groups. Um, you know, uh, just wonderful. Uh, I, unfortunately, we won't be able to have him come because we have too many leaders and too little time slots. So this time you won't meet him, except maybe at the end to, to tell you a little bit about, about this card, uh, the Connect card. I hope you got that. This will help you learn how to be more connected to our church. Okay. So, um, yeah, Alex um, has done a tremendous job. So especially in helping us maintain uh, our church philosophy, our church purpose statement, which is, again, New Community Church exists to bring glory to God, to make disciples, 
and to share God's love with our community. I think we have it out there in the foyer. Um, you'll see all those th th three things highlighted. Um, all right, let me just elaborate a little bit on our stated church purpose. Um, we exist to bring glory to God. We will do that by his enabling grace to seek to elevate his character. Your book says promote honor, praise, and singular devotion to him. Uh, that's a great desire of this church. Secondly, we are to make disciples. Jesus gave us a command in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. How do we do this? Uh, first, by evangelizing the lost. Um, kind of what I just did with you today is what we are encouraging all of our folks to do. Uh, and again, this is a wonderfully easy way to share Christ with others. If you're tongue-tied or you think, oh, I'm going to mess it up, I don't know what to do, we do have a class that helps you um, become more confident in your evangelism, and that's coming up soon. I don't know if it's now. Does anybody know? I don't think it's now. I think it might be the next six-week uh, slot, so if you're if you want to grow in that, there's also a class called Core Christianity that Bruce Scheidauer teaches that is outstanding. I've really wanted to go to that, but unfortunately, when I'm not in the church service, after I do this class, after the six weeks, we're interviewing people So uh, uh, during the second service. So I never get to go to this class, but I highly recommend going through that class. I don't care if you're a seasoned Christian or not. Uh, Bruce has such a good way of articulating the fundamentals uh, he'll go into much more detail than I do here in this class. So I highly recommend that. So uh, we evangelize the lost. Um, that's uh, the way we make disciples. We start there, and then we nurture them in various ways. Um, then we're to equip believers by helping them become more and more like Christ, which is the essence of being a disciple. That's what we're doing. We're helping people become more and more like Jesus. We help them grow in their faith. We help them develop a workable knowledge of God's word that will enhance their effectiveness in serving the Lord in and throughout the church and to protect them from false doctrine. Now i got a few verses there. Uh, Ephesians 4, 10 through 16, Colossians 1, one of my favorite passages, Colossians 1, 28 through 29. And this happens through personal quiet times, regular church attendance, sitting under the proclamation of God's word, small group interactions, uh, Sunday morning equip classes and Bible studies throughout the week. Um, how many of you are currently involved in a small group? Oh, wow, that's awesome. That is really awesome. It's one of our favorite times of the week. We just had one Friday. Such a sweet, sweet time. We were going through Jesus' resolutions for us, uh, you know, what Rich preached on last week. It was so wonderful having our, our eyes turned heavenward, thinking about what's to come in the midst of a fallen world where we're all... We're all wishing, oh, Lord, please, <laughs> come back. This world is a chaotic mess. And, uh, and you've been touched by it in various ways. By the way, I want you to know, th this is not a country club where we try to impress each other. If you saw me in my normal attire, in fact, we were talking about this on the way to church today, I said, Lynn, when I die, I want a pair of cargo shorts and a Diet Coke right next to my casket, because that's who I am. <laughs> Cargo shorts, I wear them all year round. <laughs> I like the pockets, you know, you got all sorts of stuff. And if I, you guys have purses, you ladies? Oh no, I got my pockets, you know? So uh, anyway, I, it's just not a country club, right? We're not trying to impress, not at all. Oh, this is a hospital for the sin sick. 
This is a hospital for people who live in a fallen world and have been touched by the fallenness of mankind in various ways, whether it's death or sinful choices or our own foolishness. Uh, we need each other. We absolutely need each other uh, to, to navigate this messy, messy world. Uh, and as we wait for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we're waiting on. So I'm, I'm really glad to see that so many of you are involved in a small group. That's, that's the way we, we connect with our folks. Uh, we just <coughs> love them. Um, uh, okay, and our third church uh, purpose statement is uh, to share God's love with our community. Um, as I said, we live in this sin-stricken world. Um, we want to share that with other people, but we also need to share it amongst ourselves. Um, so we could say it this way. Uh, when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to discipleship, when it comes to uh, sacrificing our time, uh, we might say it this way. Christ died for us. He sacrificed his life for us so that we now want to sacrifice, want to sacrifice our time, our energy, and maybe even as the world gets worse and worse, and as some of our brothers and sisters are already experiencing, maybe even our lives. Um, so that's because of what he's done for us. We've been forgiven of our sin. He secured a home in heaven for us. Can't we just give up a little bit of our time and energy and resources uh, for the sake of the kingdom? Uh, the answer is a resounding yes, we can. Yeah, bye, Lynn. She's going to hide. Yeah. She's, she's off to her favorite place. Huh? They'll take off your name tags and put them back in the bucket. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. So we have them for next week. I'm not hiding. Yeah. <laughs> so, as a matter of fact, if you, if you are observant after the second service, which we'll be here because you know, I'm going to go in there and listen, um, we usually shut the place down. We've got the deacons flipping the lights on and off saying, will you get out of here? Because we just love to minister and talk to people. We love to talk to our people. We love it. And, uh, and that's not the way she was. I'm, I'm usually waiting in the car for her now. Uh, the Lord, in fact, one of the ladies in our church who we love dearly and who has an absolutely instrumental in Lynn's life said, well, what I saw happen to Lynn uh, Hayward is one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen, ever, uh, about a, a, a flip. Um, and I knew that something happened when she came to me that day and said, I want to serve with you. And that's why I stopped like a baby. So I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be standing here today if God hadn't flipped her. I wouldn't. So I'm so thankful. And our purpose statement mentions a, a bunch of values that we have. You'll see them. I think they're in your book there. Um, loving, welcoming, excelling, and et cetera, right? They're there, right? I just want to elaborate a little bit on the first one, um, uh, and that is loving humility. That is putting others' interests in front of your own. <clears throat> And Jesus, of course, is the best example. What anybody can anybody tell me the best Bible passage to indicate what Jesus did for us and the, the level of His humility? Anything come to your mind? The cross. Say it again. <laughs> I said the cross. Well, the cross, absolutely, and it's mentioned in Philippians two one through five, uh, where He humbled Himself, and it, it's a series of humblings, even to the point of death on the cross. Right. That's our example for loving humility. That's our example. Um, so that's the way we should be living and loving each other. Uh, I can't believe it. Is that clock right? What time is it? 
Rich, letting them out early. Look at that. All right, all right. Give me a break here, guys. I'm, I'm getting through it. So loving humility, loving humility. If our church is characterized by loving humility, and I emphasize both, loving and humility, uh, there's no, no pride entering in. If that happens, this church will be, a, this will be a beacon. It will be an absolute beacon. And if, if I can brag on it, it, it already is. Uh, when you get to know people here, you're going to see. These people love other people. They love me, and they're humble people. They recognize that they're saved by the grace of God, and they don't deserve it. Um, yeah, churches get into trouble when members insist on their own way. I'm telling you, uh, when you understand that you have, that, that the only thing God owes you, the only thing he owes you is judgment hell that's it that's what he owes you but look what he's given you so if you start from that premise that god owes me nothing but judgment then everything else is a praise your heart should be filled with gratitude for what he's given you um, church has to be lived together you can't function in a fishing boat as some have told me uh, you can't. You can't do the one and others. You can't. And uh, so, and what we're asking you to do is to, as a member of this church, is to come under the authority that God has, has established, which is we are elder rule. We'll talk about that uh, later. How are we governed? Um, the authority is delegated by him to biblically qualified church leaders known as elders or pastors, and it's all taken from 1 Timothy 1 and Titus, uh, 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. Also, 1 Peter 5, uh, character qualities, the ability. We'll talk about all of that. So we're asking you to come and live under the authority of the elders and follow us as we follow Christ. So there's a qualifier there. Uh, not under not under all circumstances. If we're not following Christ, you should not follow us. Um, so the four commitments we're asking you to make also is a commitment to unity. We're going to talk about that next week, primarily doctrinal unity. We'll talk about some of the things we believe here that are so important. Uh, the next week, Bruce will talk about a little bit of doctrinal unity, uh, some of the lesser things, but also protecting the reputation of Christ, fighting sin in your own life, which we ask all of you to do. Uh, deal with sin in your own life on a regular basis and then a commitment to being led how are we church governed and then finally the last two classes a commitment to loving the church so guys that's it um, I want to thank you for being here are there any questions any questions I thought somebody was going to say where's your favorite McDonald's but no <laughs> yeah. actually I, I, I know them all so if you ask me where would you like to meet, I will tell you the best ones. <laughs> it's a sickness, I know. Where is the best one? Uh, so far is the one in Creek Court. Who's from Creek Court? Creek Court, the one on Olive, just east of 270. I told the guy the other day, you're the best run that I've ever seen. I mean, you guys are really good. Now, you may hit it at a bad time, but it's clean, they're fast, they're efficient. Uh, yeah, plus they have the soda on the outside. But anyway, it's all over something. Uh, the other, the other um, uh, idol I may have besides McDonald's is my lawn, and I'll tell you about that another time. <laughs> my wife calls it my mistress. But, uh, so I'm so glad you're here, guys. I really am. We appreciate it. Let me close in a word of prayer, and I'll release you. Lord, thank you for this time. And uh, again, 
as each one of these precious people are considering, is this the place for me? Is this where I should plug my family into? Please help them to consider carefully. Um, and if it is, uh, Lord, help us to minister to them well. If it's not, I pray that they'll find another place where they can plug in. Um, love you, Lord. Thank you again for dying on the cross for our sin. We'll never stop praising you. That'll be forever and ever. So we're going to keep doing it right here on this earth practice. Uh, that's what we're going to do. Um, we pray all these things in Jesus' name.